You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome everybody once again to the Oz Network as we come to you today for our first episode recap of Survivor Island of the Idols, the premiere episode is in the history books and we're here to create history, maybe, I'm not sure how that works, uh, recapping this episode with Survivor Africa's Teresa T-Bird Cooper, very good friend of the show, giving her thoughts on everything that happened, everything that's going to happen in the future, and answering your listener questions as well. So, without further ado, let's get straight into it. Our episode one recap of Survivor Island of the Idols with Teresa T-Bird Cooper. It is a pleasure to be able to be covering Survivor once again. US Survivor, I should mention, of course, we just finished a pretty decent season of Australian Survivor. But back into where we all started with the 39th season of Survivor has begun. We are Island of the Idols time and the first episode has been aired. The first boot has been voted out and we've got plenty to talk about and it is a pleasure, an absolute pleasure to be able to welcome back to this show one of our very good friends, our best friend, Let's be honest, our best friend from Survivor Africa, the third season. I do, of course, speak of the wonderful, the amazing Miss Teresa T-Bird Cooper. Carol T-Bird, welcome back to the Oz Network. (laughs) Oh, Ben, what a pleasure. This is where we started. How many years back? When did I first talk to you? Um, I was barely out of nappies, and you had just also been barely out of nappies we were very young yeah very very young okay yes. you you saved you saved yourself very quickly on that one <laughs> so good, good good job on that god ben it's exciting to be back here with you like i said we started i don't know how many years ago we've talked i know we've talked and of course we've become really really good friends and um it's 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 great to be here. It's great to be talking about. Can you believe season thirty nine? Did you ever Crazy. think that you would do it? I know it. Did you think back in the day when you first started covering this amazing series that we'd be up to season thirty nine? Be honest with me. Ah. Uh. No, uh, I mean I think it's kind of a show that I thought I can never see ending, but I think that's just you know having that optimistic future that you don't want one of your favorite shows to end but you know it's i mean we started the first when we actually started we were back during south pacific so that was season 23 so i mean you know we've nearly been on air for 10 years so i think the scary factor too is looking at this whole year thing that after this season season 40 20 years of survivor i mean that's just all kinds of crazy i mean i'm sure you're exactly like me remembering watching the show when it first began back in 2000 so it's kind of where have all the years gone ben i know and i'll tell you what's really exciting for me too of course i was a fan first which was uh, what would have only been what two seasons since i was on the third, third season and to, to be a part of such a strong you know, a reality show that's held its own for all these years and been is so popular all, all all over the world. It's such it's it's such a cool thing to think that all these years later, from when it started to being able to play, that I'm still talking about it and and I still love it and it's it's wonderful. It's really exciting. And it's always exciting in a premiere week because you have all the lead up into it, looking through the cast, going through this new twist, and 
just everything else. And I think it's a, it's, I was always thinking this season was going to be a bit of an odd one because not just because of the theme itself, which we'll obviously talk about, but there's been all this hype around season 40. People are anticipating celebrating the 20th anniversary next year with this all winner season. So it's kind of odd that this season's got to happen before we get that because it's almost like a lot of people were just assuming that we we're going straight into season 40 but here we are still talking about another season before we ultimately get to this other season that other everybody else is really excited for yeah i gotta absolutely agree with you when i when i heard that i thought season 40 would be all winners i thought oh my gosh poor season 39 but now that it started up I haven't heard the chatter of season 40. Everybody seems to be in to season 39. And I was so pleasantly surprised. I can't wait to get your opinion on this. I was so pleasantly surprised that I, I was afraid that Boston Rob and Sandra being such, I mean, tremendous icons would might, might take away from some of these, from the 20 players. That would be natural. Uh, but I didn't feel that at all. I didn't feel it at all from the very first um, the show the other night. So I was so happy about that because these 20 people are, you know, they want their time. They want their time to shine. And so I love the way, I mean, and I kept, as I was watching it, I kept anticipating when were they going to show Boston Rob and Sandra. And they waited, what is it, into 45 minutes or longer into, into it or maybe it, after the first hour to actually show them. So I loved it. I thought it, it turned out better than I expected. And I think I've heard that from a few people. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I think it was about that long, firstly. I mean, I, I was surprised that we kind of, we waited until it was after the immunity challenge, wasn't it? So it was kind of, it was a long time coming until we actually saw them. Um, it's it's a unique idea. I think we obviously live in this day and age of Survivor now where it's all about the theme. You know, they have, they come up with a new theme every single season. I think this season to me sounded very similar to ghost Island in the fact that they've just kind of altered it a little bit, but yeah, I, I think I came out of it a little bit more pleasantly surprised than I was anticipating. I think kind of, you know, we saw a preview of it with two giant statues of Boston, Rob and Sandra. It looked a bit cheesy, uh, you know, but I think the, what occurred with it all kind of seeing them, uh, on the island, uh, mentoring Elizabeth and everything along those lines. Yeah, I, I, I have to say I, I'm one of these people who I think enjoyed it a lot better than I was thinking uh, I, I would. So, and, and I think it's it's interesting because do you feel that we haven't seen Boston Rob in what seventeen seasons? But it, it just as soon as you get him on screen, it just feels like he's always there. If you know what I mean, like he's just kind of got that on-screen personality where it's just like, boom, there's Boston Rob. Nothing's new. Whereas I'm sure next season when we're seeing Ethan for the first time in you know, uh, 22 seasons, it's going to be a little bit more like, hey, cool, there's Ethan, rather than oh, cool, there's just Boston Rob back on our screens again. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, well, it's funny because you say that. Um, when I heard that there's of course 30, 39 with the Island of the Idols with Sandra Boston Rob, and then pretty much coming off right into the next season 40 with the winners with probably Boston Robin Sandra again. Like I told you, I was worried about these 20 players, these brand new players that we've gotten. By the way, I love casting. I think they did a fantastic, phenomenal job on this cast already out of the, out of the gate. But actually after watching it, I thought to myself, after watching the end of the season 38, where they showed those huge, gigantic 
life bigger than life idols on the beach of Boston Robin Sandra. Then I felt bad for Boston Robin Sandra because I thought all the people knowing that they're going to place these winners that know they're going to play season 40, they are watching this finale and they are actually seeing these life larger than life size statutes of Boston Robin Sandra. That could not have helped them when they started season 40. That had to have made it a thousand times worse for them getting all this uh, publicity, if you will, for season 39. So what do, yeah. you, what do you think about that? It's a good point. I've never thought about it that way because, I mean, they filmed, didn't they, essentially just after that um, after that finale. So, yeah, that's, that's a very good point. I mean, admittedly, both of them are going to have huge targets on their back already, Sandra being a two-time oh. winner, Boss and Rob being Boss and Rob. But I agree with you. I think that's... That's a very good point, and it's it's. I think it's a good thing for both of these guys, though, that this is obviously airing after the All Winners season. I think it would have been ten times worse, of course, if this had have aired before they went out there and filmed All Winners. But yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. And I, I think the biggest thing too, like in all the lead up to to this season with Jeff Probst, you know, talking it up, he sort of mentioned about how oh they've been trying to find a reason to get Boston Rob out there forever because Boston Rob's been adamant that he would never play again. So. I think there's been a bit of coin in the back pocket for uh, Mr. Rob uh, for this season and then kind of to entice him out there for all winners, particularly with Amber going out there with him. I mean, gosh, all the kids are obviously, uh, you know, being looked after quite well for a, for a good portion of a couple of months. But, um, yeah, I think you make a very good point with those statues and, and the attention that it brought them ahead of that season. Yeah, I think they probably had some money to pay a nanny or a little sitter over the summer. I'm thinking, mm. hey, that's interesting. So, Ben, you know what would be interesting to know? Of course, it's none of my business, but it'd be still fun to know, especially with a season 40 with all these um, larger-than-life winners. Um, if any of them, i.e. Boston Rob especially, or San- and Sandra, being, you know, playing and people knowing them so much, if they got paid a bonus, let's say a bonus, or money to actually go out there and play – so I've always wondered through the years, and you might know this, um, if they, if, if CBS, if they've enticed people to go out there that they really wanted, or, or if any of these other season 40 winners. But you know what? We're, we don't even need to be talking about season 40. What, are, what, am, what am I doing? Get me off of this subject. <laughs> you've Forget been here that. for five minutes. Forget you've that. been here for five minutes, and you're already back oh, into the natural God. groove of things, God. going on going on tangents and changing subjects. Brilliant. On you, and on you fit in here. Do something with her. <laughs> all, right, have... try. all right, so let's let's get back to Island of the Idols. Yes, absolutely, Island of the Idols. I have to say, it was it was a it was a great premiere. I think in general, I mean, sort of from starting at the very beginning with no Jeff Probst kind of putting them on a on a beach. I mean, that was kind of shades of Palau from memory when they kind of just shoved them out there on an island before they separated them into tribes. I don't think from memory we've ever had a season since Palau where that's kind of been the case. So it's kind of unique to see them. I love their reactions when they're all of a sudden going, where's Jeff? Where's Jeff? And I think I always enjoy a premiere where they really do emphasize a lot on that survival aspect. I mean, you and I, as we just mentioned, fans from the very beginning, back in sort of your days of the show, it was very much about the survival aspect. They don't often show a lot of that now. So I always enjoy these opening moments when they're battling for fire, they're trying to build shelter. Uh, You know, it switches quickly into strategy. But um, yeah, I mean, did, did you like this twist of just shoving them straight onto a beach, no Jeff Probst introduction and having them try to work out what Island of the Idols actually meant? Yeah, I think it was great because, you know, you, you think you know what's going to happen, although you should think that 
you thinking it doesn't mean it's going to happen. But uh, was it Chelsea? Um, was it Ch- Chelsea, the one that was asking about where's Probst? Was that who did that? I'm Cute little sure Chelsea, Chelsea with a yeah. great she, personality. She, she kept getting you know, a lot of those little sound bites, didn't she? Of like Jeff would always go to her, like Chelsea, how are you feeling? How are you? And like she was one going, like we didn't know where you were, we thought you'd quit and stuff like that. So yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, you know what? I think that um, Elaine. Oh, we'll get to Elaine here in a minute. I think Elaine is the one that actually said we 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 didn't know where you were. We thought you'd quit, but I right, remember yeah, with Chelsea yeah. in, in her in her confessional. Hey, you know I watched this a couple of times before you and I did this today, which why, which why is why I was a little bit late with us hooking up today. And I'll tell you nothing about that too in a minute. But what I was going to say is I remember when I went out there all those years back on season three, the number one thing that I was so, 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 did I say so excited about was I seeing so. Jeff Probst. I just remember. And I think I, I, I know that I am not the only one to think that way because you you know i'd only watched him two seasons before but to me he was like the like the coolest guy ever so i just remember wanting to just wear you know where's jeff and and so i can see why chelsea when i heard her saying that i thought that that would be something i would definitely be saying and being confused about it so yeah i like i like that i i like the way it played out because you can only imagine how confused these players probably were to see number one island of the idols he's not there so it's a it's such a mind game anyway ben you know this it's such a mind game that just throws in just another twist just to mess you up and i think with such a obscure title as island of the idols because what's your first thought when you hear that you think there's going to be an island filled with hidden immunity idols we live in this day and age of survivor where it's it's idol centric so that of course is the assumption from people so i think what plays well into that having them on a beach letting them see the logo for the first time here's your theme like straight away that allows someone like elizabeth to go off to that idol and come back and tell the lie like she did because how are you how in anyone's right mind are you to automatically think Idol, Survivor players, Boston Rob, Sandra. Like, you'd have to have a very open-ended mind to be able to put those two together, and that's what the theme is. I would think never. I would never come up with that, especially since there's been so much chalk and chatter through the years of all these idols that keep appearing. Mm -hmm. I can't think of anything other than thinking, oh, Lordy, there's just a bunch of idols here. That only would make sense for me to think that way. Oh, we did learn something about Elizabeth last night. She is an extreme athlete, obviously, right? What is she, a three-time Olympic winner? Swimmer? Yeah. But we are... A two-time Olympian, I think she's won. Yeah, she's won about three medals, I think, from memory off the top of my head. Yeah. But I think I did learn that she's not a very good liar. Because <laughs> when she came back and she was spilling that, I thought... Uh, mm, mm, mm. I'm not. What, what did she say? It was so funny. Okay, I, I think I know what she said. She was describing how it happened. She goes, "Well, you walk down a path, and you see three urns, and then you you see three urns, and then you break an urn, and it says, uh, you've got a chance to play. And then I broke an urn, and I didn't know what was in it. And then what mine said was, you lose, no game. I thought, oh come on, Elizabeth, you could do better than that. 
So and, and they didn't show anybody saying, and, and Ben, they did not show anybody saying, what? I don't believe it for a second. So Ben, and I've seen and read different things about people saying, you know, why would she lie about that? Was the be- was that the best thing? And I think she maybe came off with, you know, use your gut or, or believe in your gut, whatever Boston Rob was telling her. But I don't, I've thought about this since watching it. I don't know how I would have played that because now everybody knows at some point they're going to, they're there and that they're going to, everybody's going to know that. So they're also going to know her other nine tribe mates are going to know, wow, that sure was easy. She lied. She lied to us. Mm. So I don't know. I'm kind of in the middle, but was she, could she have gone back and told them they didn't tell her not to tell anybody, right? Yeah, because you usually see that, don't you? Like, you kind of get that little, it's up to you what you tell your tribes. Um, I'm assuming they did. Maybe it's just one of these things that they felt they don't need to air because people generally know the gist of it. But, yeah, I, I for one, thought that she should have told the truth because I, I agree with you. I think it's it's not like Ghost Island where you can kind of make up what you want to because, you know there's no one there like Boston Robin Sander aren't there you can say whatever you want whereas this one is going to be a little bit trickier because you walk on that island you can't avoid the statues then they're walking out to you and straight away and that's a pretty big talking point you know any I'm sure there's super fans on this show who are going to end up on that island are all of a sudden going to be like holy shit it's Boston Robin Sander like lose their shit like I'm not saying Elizabeth isn't a super fan I think her her reaction was a little bit more subdued than kind of you know, if I was out there or some other person who's been obsessed with the show for a long time. So, yeah, I, I for one, thought she should have told the truth. That's just me. Um, but, yeah, she didn't... I know she sold that very well. But I guess she sold it to an extent where it, you know, it sounded very Ghost Islandy, didn't it? Didn't it? Like, you know, you've got three urns, you've got, you know, and at the end of the day she didn't yeah. get something out of it. Oh, gosh, so that's so funny that you say that because, Ben, this is what I was thinking about. So... You know, you've seen and read it, and I've talked to, you know, some some players in the past that were cast, kind of cast off the street, if you will, and weren't huge super fans, like you just mentioned, of the show. So there are people that get cast that aren't really familiar with the show, and I know casting will say, hey, you might want to watch the last few seasons, blah, blah, blah. Well, let's face it, what? how funny would this have been? If they had sent somebody out of these 20, now I don't know, you probably studied the cast, and if they had sent one of these 20s that one of these they cast off the street that's really watched really the last season or two just to kind of get familiar with the Survivor concept, but don't know who these idols are, can you imagine the the fantastic reaction where they're walking well, up there and here's I Boston Rock, walking out? Yeah, well, this is, this is, I kind of joked to Mallory and I turned to her, right? Because, like, her reaction, as I said, was like, you know, like, oh my god, oh my god. I I reckon because she, from her bio, she says her favorite player is Kara from David vs Goliath. Now I'm not to take away from anybody having a favorite <laughs> of Kara, but like of all the people you could choose in the last couple of seasons, it wouldn't surprise me if they've literally just gone, "Hey Elizabeth, watch the last couple of seasons." So if she's walked down that beach and gone like, "What the hell are these things? Who are they?" I swear they would have gone, "Cut, no, all right, that's Boston Rob, that's Sandra. React better, go." <laughs> Right, right, right. Well, I don't want to believe that they would do that. However, <laughs> there's part of me. Well, look, she's an Olympic swimmer, and I think she said she had it's like the last year, a year and a half. You're an Olympic swimmer. Let me tell tell you 
how often you're swimming. You're swimming every day, all day. You're not yeah. probably trying to get home to watch Survivor. So, exactly. oh my gosh, that is so funny because what you just said is hilarious. Yes, Kara is absolutely adorable. But if you've been watching all, all these seasons and you're an Olympian and you've, you, I would think you would absolutely, Ben, that is hilarious. I'd love yeah. to have been behind the scenes on that where somebody walks up and like, what the heck? What not? Whoa! What's this? They don't want, That's, they don't want their their big twist reveal to just be fizzled out in five seconds and go, "Who the hell are they?" <laughs> um, you know, it's not like they've got Michael Phelps <laughs> and Mark Spitz up there or somebody like that. Or, or um, yeah, I, I actually I'll correct myself too. She she two medals and three Olympics. So it was the other way around that she's been in. But um, yeah, I, I just think it's she she definitely um brought a lot more. Uh, than I was anticipating because we had um, who was we had and heroes healers hustlers we had the Olympic swimmer who was voted out first didn't we so um, it was kind of this I guess trend of of having a, an Olympian on the show uh, not do well Katrina was her name in heroes vs healers hustlers uh, so I was glad that she lasted yes, the first yes, episode yes 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 well you know what and, and and so another thing too I've got to get your opinion on all right we got to remember this Elizabeth is one tough little gal she yep. is an Olympian. She has been dedicated, persevered, whatever she needs to do to, to get her training in probably her whole life. So here she is over there with Boston Robin Sandra, who now that you and I are talking, don't think she really knows much about him because <laughs> that just makes our story funnier. So let's just it stay does. with that. So now yeah. that, that she's over there, it just makes it funnier. So when Harris is fierce, let's say fierce being competitor and they're showing her how to build fire. And what couple of things that I thought was was interesting. When they said, I don't know which one said, do you want us to teach you how to build fire? And she jumped on it like, like, Ben, don't we all know when we go out there, we're going to have to build a fire? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, that's, I mean, I that's 101. Like yep. The, the excitement she felt, I'm like, okay, she's acting like she's so excited you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe she doesn't know how, but this will be a good little training exercise for her. But then when they asked if she wanted to go, when Boston Rob gave her the idea of either, you know, going head to head with him, uh, would she do it? She's a competitor. Yeah, she's going to go against him because that's her, that's her, that's her. That's the per person she is, right? Somebody else may have said, hey, you know what, Boston Rob, I've seen you for... I've seen you for all these seasons. There's no way I'm going to do that. But Elizabeth is right up there going up head to head with him. And here's another thing. What if she had beat him? Now, come on. That would have been equally as great. And she was doing she was doing a great job because she, she looks like she got fired fairly quickly. But that Boston Rob seemed that he was, you know, he when he said, what were you thinking about going against him? Me, I thought, what? I'd have gone against it too. That that's pretty much the characters you want to see cast out there are the ones that are going up and 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 pushing it to the to the edge. Yeah, and I think also too the the very first attempt because yeah, your votes your power in the game of Survivor. It's not something you actively want to lose, but for that very first vote. You know, Rob and Sandra kept talking about how you find yourself, you think you're in a pretty decent alliance. And she was. She was obviously safe, never in trouble. Uh, do you feel that 
that's the one where you risk it the most because at the end of the day, if you lose a vote in a tribe of 10 and you're in a solid enough alliance of four or five, it, it, at the end of the day, it's not really going to matter if you don't have a vote at that stage of the game. Absolutely, 100 million trillion percent. you got 10 people. And like you said, you've already said, I feel pretty safe. And I did like the idea that she did not tell them she did not have a vote. I thought that was perfect. She did not, not need to mention that. But yeah, it was worth to me, I would have done it all day long. Now, if you get further in the game and that is offered to you, still, do you take the chance and gamble on on having two immunity idols for two tribal councils as opposed to losing a vote? I'd probably still take the challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. It's still... I think I would too. I mean, I know you'd yeah. have to weigh it out later in the game. But two, two immunity idols? I, think, I don't know. I, I, think I, I think I probably would. I think, too, the interesting fact of this, because it was talked a little bit pre-game and we sort of had a bit of an inkling here with that confessional by Rob, was she was quick to jump into it straight away, wasn't she? She was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then we kind of got Rob saying, like, you know, oh, it's a bro. I can't do it with Rob accent. I was trying, but I'm not even going to attempt it. Uh, you know, I try, was it try, try it, try it, try it, uh, Amber, try it. Amber, I was trying to, to get her to... No, nah, I just can't do Boston too no, bad. I could do, I could do South. Good. No, you can. Ben, no, no, that's good. You're doing good. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. I've always got to start with Amber because Amber gets me into the zone to talk about this. Um, Yeah, I was going to vote. I was going to give her more of an advantage, but she just jumped to it. These new players, they just jump into it. They don't think. Yeah, that's. he said something along those lines. Yeah, and Ben, that was a little confusing to me because I'm like, wait a minute. Here he's made an offer. I mean... Is, what is she supposed to say? You know, is this like, let's make a deal? Or what have I got in my other pocket? Whatever. He said, I had some other things in my pocket. What? I, I can tell you at that time, I wouldn't be like, no, I'm not sure I want to take that deal. You got another offer for me? I mean, it kind of sounded like he expected her that she should have done something like that. So I would have gone like this. Okay, I lost the fire. I looked at Boston Rob and said, okay, Boston Rob, let's do two. That's two out of three or yeah. something. But to assume that there was anything else coming after that would be, I don't know. It was, I, yeah. I, think I, she was. I think it's kind of, yeah, like it was an odd thing because obviously from a production point of view, we want to get that little soundbite from Rob so we know moving forward that, you know, we should be questioning her decision and kind of, okay, well, should she have just held off for a little bit? But I think it is like, I mean, you understand Rob when he's saying like these new Survivor players that do this, but... In all fairness, Rob was a new Survivor player in my cases. Rob was doing that. I get it. He adapts. He's played four times, so he's had more chance to adapt than anyone with the exception of Ozzy and Saree. So he's had that ability to kind of think on his feet now and say something like that. But, you know, let's go back to season four when we've got little old skinny construction worker Rob who's blindsided by John. You know, like, he's not thinking logically like that at the same time. So I think kind of... Is it a bit harsh to all of a sudden be like, oh, they just all of a sudden think on they you know should have held out for a little bit because she's got no idea that that's going to she only she only found out who Boston Rob and Sandra were five minutes before this T Bird. You're right, <laughs> and, and you know what, Ben? So I, I, I think another thing at the very beginning, I think, I think, I think, I think uh, Boston Rob said that you know he understands every component of the game. Mm-hmm. What what does that mean? How do you understand every? This is the most, I always, this is what I say. Survivor is just like life. It, it mirrors life. And, and it, it doesn't matter if you play the game 
however many times you play the game, there will be probably a different outcome because there are variables and there are yeah. so many things that change. So to say you can understand every component of the game, it, I don't know. That's, I, I, I'm just trying to, to process that, but you know, it's, I think the, the interesting, I love that they to, called it survivor. Yeah. I think it's really interesting how they, they play this out. Cause like, again, Boston Ross played four times. Sandra's played three times. So of course, you know, they've got these skills. They've, they've played for what more than 200 days combined, I think, as I mentioned, but I love how they, they made this aspect of like Boston Rob being this fire King. Now I can't remember every aspect of all of his four seasons, probably all stars the most because that's my favorite season, but I don't ever recall Boston Rob being Mr. Firemaker. Do you remember Boston Rob being Mr. Firemaker? No, no, no. And that, that people would be appalled that she'd go up against him. No, I don't remember that. But, but it does remind me of a time a few years back when, um, you know, I, I just have to reference this. I like to start fires. I like to, well, I shouldn't say start fires. That doesn't even sound right. <laughs> I, live out, I, live out, I live out here on a farm. I live out here on a farm, which you're very much aware of since you have been here several times. Mm -hmm. And I have fire pits, different fire areas up here on the farm because I like to have a fire going. And I remember the day when I went up against my very good friend, (laughs) Mr. Ben, in a fire-making challenge. That was my audition tape, wasn't it, for Survivor? I believe I filmed that to send off to Australian Survivor. Yes, and I can tell you right now, you know... I build fires. I mean, that's, you know, you might not have a place where you can go out and, and, and build fires. So you and I actually had, I think this is a great way to, to get into this. You and I actually had a little competition while you were doing your survivor tape, building a fire together. Yep. And let's go ahead and tell them who won that. Go ahead. Uh, I'll let I you have it. I believe I did. I believe I won that one. Uh, and that was, I would say that was the first ever time I've ever used Flint. Like you gave that to me, showed it to me kind of like how Rob was showing uh, Elizabeth what to do there and then kind of within two seconds I'm like okay this is pretty easy and then Bob's your uncle I, I had a fire that's right and I'd love to tell you that um that I let you win that but I can tell you right now in all honesty <laughs> I don't like I don't like to lose so I was giving it all I had so my point is with that Elizabeth could just as easily have taken Boston Rob on that just as you know you never know. It's just like I said, you you beat me at building fire, and you had never had, like you said, you'd never used flint before. So basically, so if you're shit at building fire and you're learning know. on the thing, you can beat a survivor legend. That's what you're saying. So that basically, that's what Elizabeth could have done. So well, <laughs> but but you know, you never know. It's it's kind of like you know, I don't want to say beginner's luck. But sometimes there go is something to that. Or her go just on, go, say it, T-Bird. It was go, beginner's luck. Come on. <laughs> no, no, no. But well, but Ben, didn't you say? But didn't you say for you, you'd never used flint before? Never. So you never had used it before. You were, you were, so you were a beginner. I mean, you'd never done it. Now the true test is going to be once we have another opportunity to build fire and compete against a fire-making challenge together. Yeah, because I, I would have so, loved those. I like that it. with the rope, like, because that's um, – we didn't do that. We just kind of, I think, was whoever yes. got a fire first. Whereas, yeah, I, I would love to do one of these ones where you've actually got that rope and it burns off because I think that would be fun. Yeah, I think it would too. Because you're right, because even Elizabeth got that little flame going for that second. Mm-hmm. And you still have to be able to stay with it, obviously, like Boston Rob did, and get it built up, built up, built up. So, 
All right, let's let's talk about this. Let's. I don't want to forget this. So I think we know there's two gals that for me stole the show last night. One from each tribe, and like I said, I love this this cast of twenty seems like such normal people and I mean normal in a really good way they look like the people you'd actually average people and I mean average in a good way that you'd find off the street it, it doesn't look like somebody you'd go and let's put it like this it doesn't look like somebody Dan the celebrity manager all pulled together of celebrities they yeah. look like just real people so so from Lyro did I say it right from the Lyro tribe who I just thought, who just stole the show, stole stole the show. You know who it is. Go ahead. Uh, it's got to be Elaine, Elaine. right? Elaine. Elaine, the, the queen of, of the course. jungle already. She's, uh, yeah, she's, oh, I, I think preseason we thought she was going to be great, but just the expectation she lived up to, just amazing. What what a what an absolutely fantastic person Elaine is. I agree. Yeah, factory worker from Kentucky. What a fantastic character. You know, somebody that, you know, they showed her so much that us assuming she might be the one going home, it, it, it kind of played up to that. And, of course, I was loving what she said. Why would you guys vote me out first? Hold on to me till day 20. I mean, that would make sense. It's not like she's rubbing anybody wrong. Um, and then, of course, from Vokai, uh, Janet, mm. the, the 59-year-old lifeguard, I think she's the second Oldest, right under Tom, who is the retired uh, hockey star. The Canadian. Our um, first ever Canadian. She, yes. But didn't Janet do, I mean, wasn't she getting after that fire? Oh, wouldn't it have been great if she had been the one that had gone to Island of the Idols first? And then Boston Rob and Sandra said, uh, you want want us to teach you how to build a fire? And Janet laughed at him and said, no, I'll go ahead and take that challenge right now. Yeah. And then she goes up against Boston Rob, and bam, she's burned down those big idols that are over there because <laughs> her fire's just like raging. <laughs> God, that'd be crazy. I'd Sorry, watch I'm going it. off on a tangent, Ben. Pull me I back think, in. Pull I think also, in. too, just with Janet as well, the one that I'm looking forward to when we eventually have a swimming challenge because Janet in her bio said that no one's, you know, I'm a lifeguard. No one's going to be a stronger swimmer than I am. Like, put her up against Elizabeth. We've got this 59-year-old lifeguard up against a 26-year-old Olympian. Like, I mean, I, I want to see this battle because I think it would be a lot closer than many people would predict. Wow. Yeah, that, yes, yes, that's going to be great. God, but Victor, Janet, she's, Wow. She was really, really impressive. Yeah, and I think the edit this episode too to really kind of emphasize both of them because – you know, we, we heard sort of the, the confessionals from the didn't they kind of talking about this sort of the older player stereotype and the older woman player stereotype. And let's be honest, uh, in the last, gosh, 10 to 15 seasons, probably post-Denise winning Philippines, you know, we've, we've had this long-going arc of the older female character doing decently, getting to the end, but never being able to get the votes to win it. You know, you, you think of some of these players over the years that have gotten so close, and I would argue deserved a lot more love at the end than they ultimately got. So I don't know if this is maybe a, sort of a, an edit at the early point showing that we're going to really have the likes of Elaine and Janet go very deep into this game, because I, I would love that. I would love to see sort of because I'm always a fan of that I guess archetype of player because I as I said I think they don't get a lot of credit they deserve by the end of the game and I don't know if that ultimately comes down to people are judging them or kind of not giving them credit because they are an older female well I think you might see a little bit different 
attitude if Janet were to get to the end because just her opening coming on the, the, the way the first show showed her, she's seems lot very likable, strong, team play. I mean, you know, everything that I would think going getting closer to the end, they're gonna be like, now that's the one we might want to get out of here. Because mm. I don't think you want to go against a fire building contest with Janet. She's already showed those skills. Mm-hmm. She's already showed you she's got some skills there. Yeah. Absolutely. Might not want to get to the final four and have to do that with have to do that with Janet. Hey, so who do you think? Let's go ahead and put this out there right now. I hope, I hope, I hope our Elaine stays in there longer. I love her. I love her. I love her. If for some reason she goes out, even if she had gone out first, she is still my Sia pick <laughs> to win Sia's love this season. I'm telling you what, right? What do you think? I, I like I like the fact that we just have this Sears pick now. I feel I need to bring back the fan favorite award and just call it Sears Award and like just have a guaranteed hundred grand going to a player. Um, absolutely, I think for sure. I think she's she's definitely leading the Sears pick uh, at the at the present moment. Um, I, I I'm still a huge Lauren uh, Lauren fan. I think Lauren had some great moments too. But um, I, I mean Elaine easily stole the show. I think honestly though, if I'm looking at, it, I think someone like Vince would definitely appeal to Sears as well. So I think kind of there's a few there that sort of would be floating around yes. and oh, yeah. uh, see would be brushing the hair yeah. away from her eyes to make sure that she's uh, watching it very closely oh yeah you know this this one but there might be several several sea winners on this one let me ask you a question to see how how savvy you are about you're the so Sia good picks. at this Tiba. can i just interrupt you... and say you're so good at this since you've been doing your uh, episodes with rob you, you're becoming a natural i feel like this is the other way around it's survivor recap with uh, ah. ben special guest ben and host Tiba. i'm loving this ben you you are so sweet. Hey, I've learned from the best, right? Well, I've well you haven't been on this show in a while. Thanks, you know, thanks for Rob, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I, and thank you for mentioning that. I, I, as much as I love you is as much as I love Rob. And it's so fun when you feel like you're just talking back and forth with a friend, with somebody you really like about a topic that you really love. So it's, it's, it's great. It's been fun. All right, so now, see award. Who was here's here's the question. Who was the very when did we first see Sia? Who does she give the first uh, award to? Ty, wasn't it? In Korong, was it? With the chickens? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. All right, that's absolutely right. Okay, who was the next one? Oh, has she not only done it twice? Um No. Has she done it more than twice, has she? Huh. It was a tie Six again. Six times. Six times. Jesus Christ, I'm paying no, attention. No, the next one, no, these, <laughs> they, no, these, the next one, he was the, okay, the next one, he was the only one, um, he's from Kentucky. Oh, um, da, 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 uh, Donnell? Yeah, 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 yeah. Donathan. Donathan, sorry. I, I, yes! I'll tell you, T-Bet, I'm very, like, I sort of took a bit of a break so I kind of binge watched uh, 36 through to 38 really in short time frame so 36 to 38 really blend into me so I'm sort of right. just letting you know so some of those names but you know I know yeah absolutely right. I know you're talking about now all right so in the cool thing okay so the next three I'll give you a clue you get Donathan mm-hmm. all right the next one was from my favorite cast in a long 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 time the, the gentleman that won the next one my favorite cast, you know, with Christian uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, um, 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 uh, uh, David vs Goliath. Thank you. Um, gosh, yes. great cast. 
Who was great Take in David versus Goliath? Um, it, was it Christian? Nope. No. Oh, it wasn't. Um. Oh, the was it the writer dude who got like third? No. No, no, yeah, no. you're going to have to help me out here. I'm telling you now, these, yeah, <laughs> these are all the same. Dave, David, oh, David, right, David, 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 Right, yep, yep. I love him. So he lives in Atlanta. We'll get to him in a minute. All right, who is the next one? The next one from Edge of Extinction. You're going to know this. Uh, who would yeah. Sia have picked for Edge of Extinction? You are going to so know this. Is it? Is it Devin? Oh, okay, Devin's. there we go. Devin's now, awesome. this one I did not know. So not, it was Devin's. Devin's. I won't make you guess this one. The next one was Aurora. Uh, Sia was touched by Aurora because she was um, in foster care. So she gave Aurora, I think, I think $15,000. And then the last one has played several times. Fan, fan, fan favorite. Just married another beautiful Survivor oh, player. Uh, it's Joel Nancy. Sierra. It's either Joel or Sierra then. It's yeah, it was Joe. And what okay. she did for Joe, she asked Joe if he would cut off his luscious locks <laughs> for I think for fifteen for fifteen thousand dollars, I believe, for the money. I may may have the number off on the, the amount of money, but he said, I will cut my luscious locks off for fifteen thousand dollars, but I want all that money to go to charity. Oh, wow. Fantastic. What about that? So, so she gave them an interior. So anyway. Some of these aren't, we don't see that all the time on the reunion though, do we? So a lot of these are obviously announced after the game, are they? Yeah, I think Dave, so Davey and Devons, I love them to pieces. Both live down here in Georgia. And I saw Davey and Devons actually at the premiere where I got to meet the awesome, wonderful Missy Bird, who we hadn't gotten to yet. 24-year-old military vet, entrepreneur, from, well, I think they show she's from Washington, but she actually is from, from, from Decatur, Georgia, which is where I was born and raised in Decatur, Georgia. So we had a premiere with Devons um, and Davey and Missy in Atlanta, which is why I was telling you I had to watch the show from that night. Because you know when you're watching it in a group of people, then yeah. you, you, you miss like, yeah. like so much stuff. Yeah. So, so that's why I was telling you today, I'm trying to watch it a couple more times so at least I know something I'm trying to talk about. But anyway, um, yes. So I think with Davey and with Devons, that money was kind of given on the side. It wasn't shown. Which I, but I, hey, like, she picked, I like the consistency. Wonder- yeah, I like that consistency, though, that obviously she's been doing it every season. Because to me, yeah, I'm pretty sure we've only seen it like twice happen at the reunion. So I I, I have to say I respect that a lot yeah. more now that we I know that that's a thing because it did seem very sporadic and pick and choose. But they, they had a big um, – there was a campaign recently here in Australia because um, the most recent season of Australian Survivor just finished and there was a whole situation around – one of these, uh, a player who got voted out fourth and huge fan favorite. So a lot of um, the fan community attempted to get Sia to donate him some money, but they ended up starting a crowdfunding campaign and raised more money than the winner actually got to give to this guy. So um, that's kind of how it worked wow. in Australia. Well, so. I guess, hey, I guess Sia wants to be in charge of her, you know, the money she's dishing out. I guess she wants to be the one True. that says. But, however, I, w- I want to say, let's just go ahead and say right now, if Sia does appear um, on season 39, you know, even after the 
the finale. I, my girl right now is Elaine, hands mm-hmm. down. That's where it's going. She has a... Or, uh, no, let me say this. Elaine and Vince. Elaine and Vince. Elaine and Vince. Elaine and she, Vince. She has a, a reserved seat at the finale. I remember when I went to the Game Changers finale, uh, there's a seat there with the name C on it. So clearly they've got it there ready to go in case she decides to show up. So I, I love how they kind of have a reserved seat for her at every single uh, reunion. Wow. It's, it's kind of, it's funny. I want to talk about Ronnie, uh, our first boot. I believe he's our first boots, uh, first male first boot since Co-Rong, I think I was told. Uh, I, it's been a while since I've had a, a male first boot. And it also... It keeps up this tradition, T-Bird, of the professional poker player, let's be honest, being kind of shit. Um, we, we we always have a pro poker player that just doesn't do well. Uh, I, I mean, taking Boston Rob out of it, because he kind of came one after he was on Survivor. I don't think we've ever had a poker player make it past just the early jury stage. Jean Robert back in China made the jury, but... I'm thinking of Garrett, I'm thinking of Anna, like these poker players who just don't live up to their expectations. What was your take on Ronnie? And, and do you think that the poker player gets a little bit too much credit going into a game that they should do better than they actually do? Are you referring to Good, vi- to good Vibe Ron? Good Vibe Ron. <laughs> That's what he called himself, Good Vibe Ron. The good vibe. He has good vibe, Ron. Good vibe, yeah, Ron. Yeah, you know what, Ron, Ronnie, good vibe, Ron. Ronnie, you know, i got to tell you, my heart goes out to the first one booted out. Because I remember even way back, you know, way back in Africa, that was every one of our fears is – Please. I mean, we would say it. We just don't want to be the first one out. And we, of course, we won the first challenge, so we didn't have to worry about that. Because you've got to, rem- you've got to imagine being what that will do to your self-esteem and, you know, everything. So I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, I always don't want to. My heart always goes out to the first one out. It just mm-hmm. does. I don't care what I thought about them, with their character or anything else. It just does. So, but I'm wondering. After seeing him at Tribal Council last night, it appeared. Now I know they had thrown his name around earlier, uh, you know, earlier on before Tribal Council, but it looked like Elaine was ready to to be the one gone. But she just gave such a heartwarming, heartfelt story, along with Vince did too. And I guess Ronnie's just wasn't as heartfelt for the others. Do you think it changed, or do you think they were always going in for Ronnie? It's tricky because I felt that edit was done well because I for sure thought it was Elaine because just the way they kept emphasizing her and kind of showing so much of her and then kind of all the talk around tribal council around her because to me even the Ronnie side of things I thought if it wasn't going to be Elaine it was going to be Vince and it was just I'm not saying it was a bad it I think it was cleverly done to kind of give the viewer a bit of a blind side because while I know his name was out there I didn't fully believe he was. So I think it kind of probably did change. I, I don't know. Um, but I just feel as though at the end of the day, the edit was done in in such a way that really didn't give us a clear in, indication of how that all played out in the in the closing moments. It'd, it'd be interesting to kind of hear from these players. Uh, I, I know CBS aren't doing a lot of exit interviews this season. I think only select shows that have them, and I haven't listened to any with Ronnie. So I, I don't know specifically if he's explained kind of what went on. But, uh, I mean, he, he looked absolutely shocked 
Um, it's it's Aaron, isn't it? That also yeah. uh, was it Aaron, or yeah, it is Aaron, who looked very shocked as well. So kind of they were the two that were working together. So yeah, I've got a feeling it probably did change last minute. Well, I, I, wanted, I don't want to get off of Ronnie yet. I want to talk to him a little bit more, but you just mentioned Aaron. Did, it looked like Aaron was kind of the leader maybe so far of Lyro or what it showed. Do you think that? Or he seemed like he was the one trying to pull it together and make the decisions. What did you think about that? I think so. I think kind of the, the way he kind of worked with Ronnie, it sort of looked in that way. And kind of, you know, we have that early on generally in Survivor, don't we? Kind of these, you know alpha men sort of people are drawn to them anyway or kind of and they kind of live up to that a little bit but um i think you know what didn't put the target on his back was that clearly you know ronnie was doing these wheeling and dealings and pulling elaine aside in the water and doing this and straight away you've got a confession with elaine going don't trust him um so it's kind of maybe that, yeah. that maybe that feeds back into that poker player aspect it's kind of you know, you think they should do well because they play a game which is very heavily on strategy and everything. But again, it's just, to me, Ronnie just played it too hard, too fast. It was very much like a Garrett all the way back in Kagayan where it was sort of like, you know, just you don't need to play that way so early on. Well, you know, and I think Ronnie even said when he was talking about Elaine that he likes to sit down and watch what the mm. others bring to the game. So, of course, which would make sense with being a, a a pro poker player. But I don't know. He when they wasn't he wasn't he the ones or the one that was out looking for idols at the beginning, and they referenced him. They thought he was looking for an idol, which I guess in hindsight site if he should he needed to find one i but think no i think was that not um he, was that jack on vakai was that on the other tribe no it was jason on the other jason. side i knew it was the a attorney. Jason. jason sorry it was jason yes. all right yeah. it was jason on the other side but i thought early on that when ronnie had disappeared for a minute or two somebody referenced because you know right away they think they're looking for an idol mm. could have possibly oh but you know what you know so so you make a good point about uh, a professional poker player and how they play in Survivor, but I've not watched, I'm not familiar with all the characters on Big Brother, but didn't a, a professional poker player, a female, get pretty deep into the game on Big Brother? Uh, that I couldn't tell you. I've, I've never watched American Big Brother, so yeah, I couldn't tell you that. Okay, one. okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that that was the case, but it was a female. So maybe female professional poker players are a little bit, I don't know. They, maybe they watch a little more carefully. Well, I don't only, know. I'm basically just totally making it up. Well, the only the only professional poker player female on um, Survivor I know is Anna from Korong. And, I mean, she she was my preseason pick to win that season, I remember. And she did okay. I think it was just it came down to, I think, people – from memory, it was either vote out where it was going to be her or Michelle. Ultimately, she went home and Michelle went on to win the season. So, um, yeah, look, it's it's been a while since I've watched Ko Rong, but um, I, I do remember Anna was definitely a pro poker player. So I don't know. Other people listening can probably correct us if there's been other ones. But we had a, a female poker player on Australian Survivor a couple of seasons ago, and I, I think she got eliminated just before the merge from memory. So, yeah, maybe sort of the, the female poker players go a little bit further. But um, it just seems to be this one they keep casting and they never – They I, I swear one day we're going to get one. They're going to win it. It's kind of like the cop or like the military archetype and Survivor, they always seem to do really badly. They didn't do that well. Then Tony obviously came out and won it, and now Sarah's won it. So kind of we're, we're, we're 
buck that trend a little bit. But um, military-wise, like, you know, early on, particularly sort of in your era of Survivor, you know, that was always talked up, wasn't it? Sort of this military-type, you know, hunter going off very early in Mark Cases was seen as a huge shock. Uh, even Kel, sort of in Australian Outback, you know, a military guy going out pretty early. So, uh, I mean, is Rudy the furthest military contestant to ever go far in Survivor? Oh. That's a, uh, I know that's... that the listeners will definitely be able to know. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't even want to try. Yeah. To... I feel I'm missing someone. Hey, so what about Ronnie? So... Okay, so and this will be interesting to know because, you know, we've got these um, professions of all the of the players. And then I wonder, you know, for example, with Ronnie, professional poker player. Well, as you probably noticed during Tribal Council, he's held quite a few jobs. Mm-hmm. In his uh, 35 years. And with that being said, I thought, a few. And I'm going to see how sharp you are knowing if you can remember any of those jobs he, he threw out there. But so this is what I was wondering. He's It shows, I guess, maybe of all the jobs he's had, maybe he just, they, they told him, you know, when they were casting him and hey, and said, hey, what do you do or what have you done? And they he started rattling off like he did in tribal council. Okay, here we go. I worked at McDonald's. I was a layaway manager at Walmart. I was at worked at Sears in the automotive as a customer service advisor. I've been a bartender. Something about Big Bird. I don't know what that had to be about. I've been a delivery, a newspaper delivery. I dealt crypto. I think you said crypto. I have been battling the stock market. I've helped a friend in his macronutrient protein bar company. I've dealt casino games. And I've attempted kickbox kickbox boxing in thailand so maybe in casting they said okay great that's job. great ronnie now you you've got to pick one career and he probably said hey wait a minute i think i like the way this sounds put me down as a professional poker player <laughs> and there it is i am so imp- impressed don't really know. i'm i'm very impressed with this research you've come into this with you you really are doing well <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was fascinated and loved it because I'm down here in the South. Now, Ronnie's from, well, he's a professional poker player, so he's in Henderson, Nevada now. But when he says McDonald's and Walmart and Sears and name all all these companies that I grew up with in the South, I thought, that's my kind of guy right there. (laughs) So, you know. He he definitely got his point across when he told Elaine, "Hey, I know where you come from. We come from the same, you know, we come from the same place where we've always worked hard and had to work hard for what we want." And you can tell by everything he's done that he definitely is one of those people kind of like Elaine. So, again, my heart went out to him because well, I don't ever want to see anybody going out and getting voted out, especially first. I did like that uh, conversation with Elaine when he said, like, I'm looking into your eyes and I can see you've been through some stuff. Like, I appreciated that. That was kind of a nice little connecting sort of line there. And, like, as much as I said before, he maybe played it too hard. I think, you know, when you're trying to relate to someone and trying to connect to it, I think that that was kind of, you know, it was a nice little moment. I appreciated him saying, like, as you brought up before, that he, he sits around and watches people and reads people. But I just think, like, at the end of the day, you know, let's compare it to, say, Russell back in Samoa when um, immediately he's going to the, the younger girls and the dumb girl alliance that he called it. Like, he's he's going to girls 
and using, manipulating, you know, trying to get involved there and it, it worked for him. Ronnie's maybe thinking the same thing, like I'm going to go and try and connect with a certain type of person and get into them and I'm going to connect them on a personal level. He just chose the wrong girl. Like Elaine was too smart for that and Elaine saw through it straight away. Uh, we had that on Australian Survivor when Russell Hance came and played. People saw through him straight away and he was the first uh, voted out from his tribe. So there you go. That's kind of it. It's it's the chicken of the egg situation where all of a sudden you're going to play it one way, you're going to play it the other way. Unfortunately for Ronnie, he ended up on the wrong side of it. Yeah, and I re- actually thought that was a really cool moment when him and Elaine were talking. And I actually thought when he said, you know, that, you know, he felt like that they had a lot in common. I thought, I think these two are going to really bond. But then right right when I thought that, they came back with Elaine's show, and I know in my gut he's a weasel. I thought, okay, maybe not. Mm, yep, yep, yeah, definitely. A couple of people I want to sort of mention so, going through, um, I, I do actually want to talk about uh, Tom. Uh, look, I preseason was very excited for Tom. First Canadian, first NHL player. Within five minutes of hearing his accent, I turned to Mallory and I'm like, oh my God, that Canadian accent. Like, I'm loving this guy. It's so good. Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I was expecting him to be a little bit more combative and a little bit more kind of, you know, rubbing a few people the wrong way. But he seems to be quite a popular guy. People seem to be coming to him socially. Uh, Obviously, kind of early on, he sort of seemed to be on the wrong side of numbers, but ultimately he was fine. Uh, What's your take on, on Tom? Well, it's funny because I was, I can't wait to hear from the Canadian fans. What do y'all think <laughs> of Tom being the first Canadian to, to have played? I liked him. And let me, let me tell you why I liked him. Even though, again, retired NHL star, that's, um, I like the way that he bonded with Vince and with Elaine. And, and he seemed so caring and so open. He didn't go and, and bond with the, the guys that like maybe I would have thought he might have bonded with Aaron um, and maybe Dean, but he went to Vince and Elaine. So I love that trio. I really like that trio a lot. Um, And he looks like he's just, sometimes you get some of these male players that are kind of, I'd probably call Tom an alpha male. I mean, he's been in the sports world all of his life. Shoot a hockey player. That's a, that's a tough sport. But I loved how he just, he was very likable. And to be the oldest player out there, he looks like he's in good shape. And, um, yeah, I like him. And yeah. But, again, I'm, I'm really interested to see if, if the Canadians, so many want to play, how happy they are with the first Canadian that has been cast. Well, I... be interesting to know. I think they'll be pleased, don't you think? I definitely think they do. And, you know... I mean, Mallory sort of has never really watched a full US season live before in a very long time, so she's kind of drawn into this a little bit. And I know Colin's sort of very excited for it. And I think, I mean, I for one was certain that this season was going to be Canada versus USA. I was very surprised that it wasn't. And I, I for one think they will still do that. I mean, I've talked plenty of times on this show, T-Bird, about how that season sells itself, that it should have a Canada versus USA season moving forward at some point in the future. But I think it is a big deal for, for the whole country of Canada because... 
Survivor constantly rates still in the top 10, top 20 shows every year, even after 19 years. And, and Survivor still doesn't do that in the States. So it's still a very popular show. Canadians have been screaming for years to have them play. And I've been very surprised that they didn't get their own version because obviously they produce their own Amazing Race, their own, you know, all these other versions of reality shows. So next best thing, probably even the best thing, they would probably prefer to play this version than have their own. So it's a big deal. I, I really do hope that uh, Tom does well. But even if he doesn't do well, I think, you know, he's going to open that door up. And I think post-season 40, we're going to see a lot more Canadians in. And, yeah, I think I think they'll start to play up this. Because I'm surprised they haven't really talked up the fact that he's Canadian. They've brought up the NHL thing. He hasn't really brought it up because you can tell this guy's Canadian. He's got a, He's got the accent. He's nice. Um, he's a hockey player. I mean, come on, that's the three boxes. If you meet a Canadian, that's what you expect them to be, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that that is interesting. They really hadn't played that up. I don't even, like you said, it wasn't mentioned at all, right? No, well, not at all, not at all. And I think like they, they refer to him, like <laughs> his bio says he's from Connecticut because I, I guess that's where he lives from. And he spent, he played for American teams. He played for Los Angeles and New York. So kind of he spent a large portion of his life and career in the States. But I mean, this guy is Canadian through and through. Just, just listen to his accent and you can hear that Canadian come through. But he's smart too, Ben, because, yeah. you know, there's, Whatever I mean, he's already the, he's already the oldest guy out there. He's sixty, and I know what Janet's fifty nine. He's the oldest guy out there. And do you really want to separate yourself by saying, "And I'm Canadian," and everybody else? You know, everybody loves to find a reason. True. And now he's already spilled the beans that he's a that he's a athlete, and and you know what? People automatically assume, well, he's got lots of money. He doesn't even need to be here because he's got lots of money, whether he does or he doesn't. And now, not only that. He's Canadian. Hmm. So, I mean, who knows? You know how people love to find any way they can. So that was smart of him. I was really surprised how quickly uh, he went ahead and said that he was a retired NHL Me too. player. Me too. But, yeah. but, with him, but, 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 Ben, as I thought about it, with him being the oldest guy out there, I mean, he's older than the others. He's 60, which is, in my eyes, very young. He hmm. probably thought, hey, I'm, I may be the oldest guy out here or the oldest person here, but I'm an athlete, basically, so don't even worry about it. I can hold my own. So then I can see why he would want them to know that. That would be a, something that might encourage the others that, oh, he's he's a little bit older or more mature than the rest of us, but he's he's still an athlete. Well, it seems to be that way, doesn't it, with some of these older contestants, doesn't it? Because we had that with Joe, didn't we, in Co-Rong, sort of, you know, emphasising that I'm a, an FBI agent. Uh, and then, you know, we brought Rudy up before, but, I mean, you know, Rudy, a different era, of course. Like, you know, someone of that is probably going to go, uh, not maybe go as far today, but Rudy was very quick to emphasise his history in the military and everything along those lines. So... Um, yeah, I think that's a very good point you make, actually, because I was, for one, shocked that he was so quick to say that, yeah, I played in the NHL. Um, but, I mean, again, it, maybe it also plays into the fact, and this is no disrespect to the sport of ice hockey because it's one of my favourite sports and I know how physically demanding the sport is, but maybe he thinks because... Obviously, the sport isn't as prominent in the States as it is in Canada, and maybe he's playing with some people where, you know, they're from parts of the country where hockey isn't a prominent sport. Maybe he's assuming, well, people don't think hockey's as physically demanding as football or basketball, if you know what I mean. So he could also be just playing up to that fact and thinking that, hey, cool, people might not think that the same way about my sport than if I was a, a professional something else. God, 
Yeah, that's true. But, you know, I live down here in Georgia. Now, we have a hockey team. We did way back in the day. But for the most part, be growing up, we did not have hockey here. But You lost the thrashers a few years ago, unfortunately. Hockey players were yeah, but I've always, when I think of a hockey player, I think of somebody tough. Yeah. I just do. And even though yeah. it's not a sport that's, so I don't know. Yeah, it could go either way. It could go either way. That's definitely for sure. Hey, did you notice we've got we've got three players from Rhode Island. So they must have done a little casting wagon, took a casting wagon to Rhode Island because we've got three from Rhode Island. It's half the population, isn't it? It's half the population. Is half the population? Yeah, yes. I, I think it could quite possibly. You know who it is? Who the ones from Rhode Island are? Uh, I wonder I, if they. And, and that's another thing. People, you you want to be able to bond with people, and I didn't hear anybody say, "Hey, I'm from Rhode Island too." It's but, we, okay, we, Jamal. Do I like him? Yep, yep. Aaron is the other. Is another one, so isn't Jamal's he? Jamal's from Rhode Island. Let's see, Jamal, Aaron, Jamal, Aaron, yep, 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 Aaron, Aaron, and our Olympic, our Olympic swimmer, Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth. It's, we talked a bit about this with Rhode Billy uh, in our preview that we've got a few Rhode Islanders. I think there's a couple of Jerseys and a and a New Yorker, so uh, a few New Yorkers. So they're very East Coast savvy. Remember, we had a season, didn't we? Gosh, what season was it? Was it like eighty percent were all from California? thinking that was back in the sort of Fiji Cook Islands era when it was very heavily recruited. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, right, I think I'm showing I'm showing three New Yorkers. Uh, Dean, the account executive. All mm-hmm. right, let's see. Dean's from New York. Uh, Jason. Yep, and Tommy. An attorney. Jason. And, yeah, and Tommy. And Tommy from New York. And then from L.A., I'm only showing three, which are three from California. Um, Chelsea. Yep. Cute little personality, the video producer. Let's see, Chelsea was, is L.A. Who else is L.A.? Uh, Dan. Oh, Dan. Yeah, the celebrity manager that likes to touch people. Which I likes was, to rub on people. Dan. I was going to bring up Mr. Dan. All right, wait, Dan. one more, one more. Hang on, one more. Go, and go, Vince, go, go. Vin, and Vince. Vince, and yes. Vince. Vince is from California. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, let's talk about Dan. Now, how do I put this without trying to sound too mean uh we've had a recent uh trend of certain powerful figures in hollywood come being exposed as being a little bit too touchy-feely i'm not trying to lump dan into the same category as those people but here is dan being like a little bit too touchy-feely with the contestants and people calling him out for it um is this just a is this a profession or is is this just the edits trying to put this in there i don't know it was very odd i've never seen someone uh, so quickly being put in that basket yeah i, I i'm not even gonna touch this one <laughs> dan's doing dan? enough touching for everybody <laughs> but anyway <laughs> but yeah how uh and he's a celebrity manager that can't help too much there <laughs> throwing that in there but okay so i don't know it this is the thing he's he's 48 he's around 48 um, and oh, just watching it back as I was watching it, I was like, I felt, I felt, I felt a little uncomfortable. I'm like, something about this just feels wrong, and I don't think he he means anything by it. But I know that um, it was it Kelly, um, the student from Philadelphia. Kelly was yeah. really uncomfortable because she said, "What you say? She's a germaphobe." Yeah, I think yeah. she's a so she really, and she's a young girl. She's 29. I think Kelly handled it beautifully. I agree. Um, I definitely without, agree. I, I mean, think some I, people could yeah. have 
I think that was the one thing that I really took from that as I well, mean, which was great because, you know, I think we, we are lucky enough to live in a day and age now where, you know, that sort of stuff isn't appropriate. You shouldn't just go up to a person you've just met and feel like you can touch and sort of rub them and hug them. And like, I, we all know people, I think, who are very touchy-feely people, but I think we also live, you know, we're able to call that out more and often nowadays. And obviously, particularly, I can obviously understand that's probably more of an issue for, for women who are feeling uncomfortable that a baby being taken advantage by men in that instance. So I, I applaud Kelly for the way she handled that. And it wasn't even done in a you know, like, don't touch me sort of way. It was done in a very respectful, have a sit down on the beach. Hey, like, look, not 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 okay, not cool with this. Maybe down the line when we get to know each other a little bit better. But right now, it's day one, mate. Just, just yeah, calm down. And, and Dan, I thought, was very receptive to that as well. So I thought that was done, handled all very, very well. It was. And Kelly being, you know, like I said, in her 20s, she could have just blown up and gone totally nuts or whatever. Yeah. She didn't. I thought she handled it especially for somebody that, like she said, if she's a germaphobe and he's, you know, all, not twice her age, but just about, I thought she handled it really beautifully. Great yeah. people skills, which you've got to have. Exactly. You've got to have out there. Yeah. So, yeah, I was really impressed with, with how she did that. I was, I like that. And it plays into what you were great. saying before about the any excuse kind of thing, doesn't it, to kind of get that. And, I like, I liked sort of how, uh, you know, we had on Vakai enough of an edit to kind of give you a, a few little tidbits of thinking who's going to go first. Like, you know, we, we kind of had a lot of that with Dan, kind of it seemed Dan was in a bit of trouble, uh, obviously with Jason being missing for a little bit. So this is, this is one thing, and like I hate to always bring this up for people who have listened to our Australian Survivor coverage over the last 10 or so weeks, where if you look at what we're watching with US Survivor and Australian Survivor, US Survivor is so perfect at laying the groundwork for future episodes and laying those seeds as to what we're going to be seeing moving forward when Vakai eventually goes to tribal. So we're not all of a sudden going to be blindsided by, oh, why why is Jason in trouble? Why is Dan in trouble? Like, we're, we're laying enough there to know. Australian Survivor struggles with this, and the episodes are usually twice as long. So this is a comparative that I like to kind of just throw out there for our Australian Survivor listeners to look at what the differences are and to realise when I'm criticising the edit of Australian Survivor, it's little moments like this. Because I, I think to have five to ten minutes worth of screen time on Vakai really giving us some dynamics, because we did. We got some great dynamics. We got the Dan stuff. We got the Jason stuff. Uh, and I, even, like, sort of the Tommy stuff. Like, Tommy working with Jack, like... To me, that really put Tommy in a good position in this game because you just had enough there, didn't you, of showing Tommy being social, getting a bit of backstory on Tommy. Why are we getting that? Clearly, Tommy's going far in this game, so we needed to get something out there in the first episode to show us why he's going far in the game. Yeah, and and with Tommy and and Jack, just from the very first episode, the two youngest guys, um, they're likable. Yeah. They're just likable and, and to seem at this point very non-threatening. And to see them, you know, kind of bond there together was really neat. Yeah, I, I like those two. Mallory, really straight like away. Ma- hey, look, Tommy- let's don't... I was just going to quickly add, just while, um, you know, Tommy and everything was bonding with everyone, Mallory, like, straight away says, like, I want to be friends with Tommy. Like, because, you know, he just seems like that guy that you just want to be friends with. And I, I agree. He, he just seems like yeah. a nice dude. Yeah, I liked him too. So let's don't jump ahead too much talking about Vokai going to Tribal Council because the moment I'm waiting for, which is I'm hoping, I'm hoping our Elizabeth, our Olympic swimmer Elizabeth, 
I'm hoping that she drew Janet's name out of the bag and that Janet's the one going up against Boston Rob on fire before the next tribal council happens because, Ben, that will be priceless. I I know I mentioned it earlier. Yeah, I, I know you did. It. I, I, I would to like to see that too. Yeah, I, I actually like this random drawing of the name. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because... Obviously, in the past, when we've had an island twist, there's generally been a vote, hasn't there? Like, you know, like, what member are you going to send to exile? Who's going to send to there? So, I actually appreciate the randomness of this because that way people now can't accuse their being of conspiring to, to put a certain player out to an island or something like that to give them an advantage. So, and I also like the fact that they didn't reveal it. Like, we didn't see who they chose out of the bag uh, for next week. So... Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I would love to see Janet out there, and I think it would be great. I want to see. I, one thing I'll say quickly though, I would like to see. I thought it was a bit Rob centric between Rob and Sandra. I would like to see Sandra taking control a little bit more in the next challenge, whatever it may be. Yeah, I, I agree. It, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of different things they can keep bringing in. Because I would imagine they're not going to each time have a building a fire. True. Especially, yeah. you know, I just wouldn't imagine. So, especially since Boston Rob's already told us he's got some other things in his pockets he was going to pull out. But Elizabeth jumped too quickly on it. Hey, you know what I noticed? I don't know why this stood out for me. Because I don't usually look for this kind of stuff, Ben. But somebody, who was it? It was Dan. It was Dan when he was talking about one of the other players... Uh, I guess it was Jason that was looking for idols. Mm-hmm. And it made such a big thing. You know how you were just saying how it's kind of American Survivor just sets the stage for what you will see later? Yep. When I listened to this, this stood out to me. I'm like, that just stood out to me. It was when Dan said it's going to be important possible for jason to dig out of the hole yeah when he was looking for idols absolutely he said it in such a way that i thought i'm like well there's our winner there's our winner jason well and also it just was weird just because it was yeah and i i straight away as soon as that confessional came out um i was like dan's first boot and like i i I mean obviously that wasn't the case but i would still say dan's first to go from vakai because it is one of those sort of ones isn't it where it's like they're throwing that out there and clearly you know yeah i agree with you jason's gonna go far or win and Dan screwed. So, like, yeah, absolutely. Right. Because he was, and, and, and Dan said it with such authority and such conviction. Exactly. That I thought, yeah. okay, Dan. So, bye, Dan, because that right there, the, the way they showed that makes me right away think, like, the first thing I thought, well, okay, Jason wins. Or what you, you just said, the other thing, he'll be the first one to go. That that only, God, just looking at my vocat names um, and the way that they seem to be bonding together, it would look like, that Dan would unfortunately be the easy target to be let, you know, because other than, so Janet's 59, but we already know what Janet brings to the table. That woman can build fire and they hadn't even seen her in the water yet. But Dan is the next oldest, is the next oldest after Janet. He's 48. So he's, he's 50, basically close to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So unless he can, pull off some really some really good maneuvers other than with his hands. I think you know where I'm going with this. He could very easily be my first pick from Vokadigo. So, mm. Mm, there it goes. I guess I just said who my pick's going to be from Vokadigo. You did. You did. Yeah. 
I want to just get a quick, uh, quick fire couple of questions. And we have some listener ones to close this out. But um, were you a fan of of Rob and Sandra being observers on the tribal? Because I wasn't expecting that. And I think the the thing that everybody's loving the most about this episode, and it, and it was the episode title, uh, is when Rob turned to Sandra and was like, "Oh, was it ever this hard for you?" And she's like, "Fuck no, I vote you out, and that's it." <laughs> No, I love that. You know what? I didn't expect that. And when I was watching it, what I was telling you is I was watching it at the premiere with, with Missy. And I saw, I read that across the bottom of the screen with a little bleep of that word out. I thought that, it, that seemed like such a real moment because that's the way Sandra plays. And that's why you've got to love her because yeah. she's able to take the emotions totally out of it. So yeah, I love that they're in the in the in the secret spyglass, eyeglass. What do you call that? That, um, Oh yeah. Was it Tony? Oh, spy shack. They're there watching it. Yeah. And the spy shack. Thank you. I wonder if they got the spy shack from Tony. I wonder if the, uh, producers decided to do that from spot from the from tony i think maybe so let's just say let's just say they did i, I love that they were I there love, that's a good point actually and I, one that thing i loved i love the set of tribal council i love the fact that they've got to walk upstairs to a voting booth that's a first that's very cool well yeah and did you notice this too because you yeah notice this too when when they were playing and i usually sometimes notice it but i really noticed it uh this time when they were playing the music during the tribal council during the vote as they were going to vote i'm like that is some kicking music i mean the music's always good but for some reason i don't know if it's a little bit louder than they usually play it it was really really awesome so go back and listen to that music it's really good there was some really good um kind of tribal elements didn't they like kind of with some of those songs like they kind of had the chanting from i'm guessing like sort of uh you know fijian sort of music like it was really really good and and one thing actually i will say because this this season breaks the record now this now means that fiji has been used the most in the history of survivor as a location but as much as i'm not a fan of them recycling the same location i'd like them to go back to going to new locations as a theme rather than a twist they do a very good job at making each season feel like it's in a different location. Like some of the, the overhead shots and the, the, the cinemato- cinematography of this episode showcasing the landscape was beautiful. And I think they still find a unique way to make this season feel slightly different from Edge of Extinction or David vs. Goliath or Ghost Island. And I think that's one thing that I definitely will praise them for doing, considering we've now been living in Fiji for, what, the last six or seven seasons. Yeah, I think it... You know what... That is, that's really never bothered me. I know some people like to see the different, I, I'd rather see, uh, you know, I'm more about the, the cast. And like I said, I love this cast. I'm more about the cast, the gameplay. I like to see the, um, more of the social gameplay, that they're at the, at the same island or the same location, just mixing it up as far as, like you said, the, the shots they're taking beautiful it was beautiful so I'm, i've always been okay with that where i know some people aren't quick question for you then before we get into these listener questions t-bird um you get the hardest one here maybe with the exception of billionaire preseason um episode a few weeks back but uh give me a winner's pick who's winning this game right now oh god oh god well uh, 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 okay uh well i can pretty much safely say probably not ronnie <laughs> um, that takes one out of the mix. Um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, um, I'm tr- trying to think. God, you know what's funny? I right away I look at the people that I really didn't see much of, and I found myself looking. At, I think it was Dean on Lyra. I'm like, who's that? So, 
So Dean looked like he didn't get too much airtime at all. So I kind of always want to look at people that don't get much airtime at the very beginning. Um, who would be my winner pick? Oh, you know what? We didn't say anything. I've got to say something about Karishma. Karishma, yeah. Because we didn't even mention her name, and I, and I got to make Karishma. I got to make sure I actually say her name, and I want to say it correctly. Um, Karishma, I like her we've got we've got two personal we've got two attorneys but both of the attorneys are personal injury attorneys <laughs> what yep jason jason and krishma okay my winner pick okay uh okay no i think it's gonna be uh, I, okay for some reason i'm oh god see once i say this is out there and i so i've got to stick with the whole time um god okay um i think I like Missy a lot because, you know, she's Decatur. She's my Decatur, Georgia girl, and she's athletic. She's likable. She's got a great story. Uh, uh, but, for you know what? For some, Okay, I'm going to say. It's a simple okay, question, t You say first. <laughs> it is. I know, but, but I, 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 clearly, I clearly, as my husband tells me, take this stuff way too serious. <laughs> um, okay, so who, who do you think? I'm not going off who you say. I'm just needing a little time, a little more time to think. Who do you say? Look, um, right now, I would say it would either be Tommy, uh, based on what we saw, and I'm even going to throw out Molly because I think we saw enough of Molly to give us a bit of a taste of uh, her. She got enough of an edit without being too overbearing, too underbearing. Uh, so right now, I would choose between Tommy and Molly as a winner. Oh, you took the easy way out. You said right now, meaning next week you could change your mind, and then you picked two. Well, okay, I, had two, I, I, I had a different okay, person so in the right preseason now. one, T, but it's got to adapt each week. Come on. <laughs> oh, you changed. Okay, so see, like I said, I'll take this way too serious. Um, who was your preseason? That's a very good question. I, I think I went out on a limb and said someone like uh, Lauren just because I loved her. <laughs> Ron- like, so. oh, okay, I thought you were going to say Ronnie. I went in a limb and I picked Ronnie because he was a professional poker player and that didn't work out. So now I'm going to pick somebody else this week. No, I'm teasing. Okay. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to say, uh, oh God. Oh, oh. okay. I'm going to say, uh, <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. I need I'm to give you say, a time limit. <laughs> I don't know. What? All right. I'm going to say that it, <laughs> I'm gonna say, hey, listen to this while I'm getting ready to say. Do you know Missy, Missy Bird? I like her because because the bird, Missy Bird. Yeah. Do you know her mom? I met her mom at the premiere. Her mom has never seen Survivor. Wow. She doesn't even know what her daughter's been doing. She doesn't even know what her daughter was doing this summer. Crazy. She was out there acting crazy out on the island. Her mother has no clue. So during the premiere. You know, when they were showing Janet building the fire and everybody would clap and go crazy and her mom was clapping and, and it was so cute. Missy would turn around and she said, wrong tribe, <laughs> wrong tribe, mom. So cute. All right, I'm going to go with, you know what? I'm going to go with my heart on this, but just because she's adorable, I'm going to say Missy. Okay. Missy Bird. We got there eventually. I'm, I'm proud of you. That's good. <laughs> it's all right. Missy Bird. Although there's, okay, I, I got to throw this in. Missy Bird. But there's a part of me that keeps being pulled to Dean the account executive from New York, he's young, he's 28, just because I just didn't see him much. That So right away I thought, I didn't see you much, Dean. You must be the winner. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, 
Can okay. I go? You pick. So you you pick two. So I want to pick two also. So I'm going to go with Missy Bird and I'm going to go with Dean Kowalski. Done. Perfect. Lock it in. I like it. There you go. I, I need to actually remember. Missy, well, I, I can't remember my preseason wins, but I know I just got it right in Australian Survivor. Well, I, I did pick two in that one as well. But first time I'd ever correctly predicted a winner, T-Bird. It took me all these years and I got it correct in Australian Survivor. So there you go. There you go. You just yeah. needed to do the Australian Survivor one. That's perfect. Apparently. I bet you won't ask me that question again. I bet you won't uh, ask me that question again. Who my winner pick is? Long I'll as ask that you took. any question. You can edit that. it. You can edit the last five minutes. Yeah, you probably think I would. I'm sure Rob does, but you know, I I just you know we just let T Bird raw and natural. That's all we need here. Uh, got some listener questions to close this out. As always, thank you to everyone who sent these in, and as always, some of these have been answered throughout the episode, so uh, we will skip over those ones and move forward to some other ones. Uh, our very good friend Chris Dixon, uh, he's very complimentary straight away. He says um, that you were the first, well, you were the survivor contestant that sent him a friend request because we had the same type of dog. And he said that you're such a beautiful lady. Uh, so that's where he starts it with. But then he asks. Oh, Chris. Yeah? You, you remember Chris? Ask who my winner pick is. Is he going to ask me? <laughs> is Chris going to ask me who my winner pick is? Thank God, right, go no. Um, hey, Chris. Because so Chris, obviously. So, okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, please finish your sentence. I want you. This is, this is yours. The floor is yours, please. All right. So Chris has a, a Cavalier Spaniel. Right, because that that was the dog we have in common. In common, and my cavalier spaniel is named Lola. Lola, I so yeah, Lola. yeah, yeah. Anyway, hey Chris, all right, Chris, what's your question? What's Chris, Chris's question? Chris asks, do you think that you would make a good mentor for season thirty nine contestants, and what strategic advice would you give the players? Uh, um, well, that's a good question. That might be. I bet you're going to wish you'd ask me who my winner pick was by the time <laughs> I come up with this answer. Thanks, Chris. Uh, no, we've already okay. gone like five hours. Hey, way um... to go, Chris. Way to go, Chris. We're on a time time constraints here. Gosh, um, you know, Chris. Actually, I think I would do do pretty well. But basically, you know, I think there's for me. I guess what I tell them is is Boston Rob said, go with your gut. Um, and along with that, I'll say, keep a lot of stuff to yourself, everything that you can. And that kind of, not, not just your emotions, keep your emotions in check, you know, keep your idols in check, keep everything, you know, kind of keep it going back to Ronnie. You know, if you can sit back and pay attention to what's going on and just listen that would probably be my strongest advice and it's kind of the same thing missy which by the way is one of my winner picks missy said she kind of sits back and watches and listens to people i think that's a really important characteristic to have to get far into the game great answer whoa there was that was a quicker answer than i got on my winner Look choice that you're learning i'm liking this uh thanks chris uh we have a question here from uh colton a like your name, Colton. Uh, I wonder if you're named after the Colton. You'd be very young if that was the case. Um, he just has a couple of facts here. T-Bird and Ben, did you know that this episode has a few firsts that we haven't seen in ages? The first time in ages the players got sent directly to camp when we opened the season. The first since Korong where a man was voted out first. And every woman getting a confessional in an opening episode of Survivor. That's fantastic. That's a nice little... Uh, Bit of trivia there. I didn't realize yeah, that that was a... Colton. Yeah, that's crazy. That's great. Well, I'll tell you what, Colton. 
I love I love these first. I think they're really interesting. And and actually, Colton, um, so Ben, you actually said directly to camp, and you also said the male, a first time a male's been voted off since Korong. So you actually got two of the three of these. So so Colton's dialed in, and Ben, you're pretty doggone pretty close to being dialed in yourself yeah story of my life always pretty close to being dialed in um we did i think we david goliath we had uh pat was medically evacuated of course but he wasn't voted out so uh i think obviously we're referring to an actual male first boot in terms of being voted out not medically evacuated so i i, I mean it's i love statistics it's kind of like um i'm pretty sure my preseason pick was definitely female because um, we're due for a female winner. We've had, what, four males in a row, haven't we, win this game? So um, I think that's the longest stretch we've ever had. If, if a male wins, it'll be the longest stretch of a gender-winning consecutive seasons. So, uh, I yeah, we're due for a female winning. So, Ben, that's so funny because you – so you picked a male, Tommy, and Molly as your female. So mm. that's so funny. So basically, if you're saying that, then your winner pick would be would be MB, right, MB. Mm. <laughs> and I said my my female pick would be Missy Bird, which is MB. So Missy Bird, <laughs> Molly Bauman. What? Look Did you notice that? that? Wow. We're so kindred got, spirits. It's just so, connecting. So, yeah. So – just say our, our winner picks are, it's going to be a female, it's MB, that gives us two shots at either Molly or Missy. Done. Easy. Okay. That that so works that perfectly. Um, Fiona asks... Thank you, of, Colton, for that question. Thank you, Colton. That was a great that question. Statement. statement, yes. Uh, Fiona uh, adds a couple of things here which we've already talked about, but the one she adds, do you think Sandra and Rob being part of Tribals to Watch means they'll have some jury input. Could they be giving the final three advice for pitching their final tribals? Ooh, did you say um, Leona? Fiona, Fiona. Did you say her name was Leona? Fiona. Hey, Fiona, Fiona. Oh, that's a good question. So I'm going to say, all right, Fiona, I'm going to answer this a lot quicker than my winner pick. I'm going to say they will absolutely n- not have a say in the winner pick because I think with them being such idols such big 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 characters of survivor that would be unfair to have them influence the other people while they're not even playing the game so fiona i'm gonna say absolutely not and hey didn't they have what were the rules do you remember the rules when they first started remember boston and rob was reading that big Mm -hmm. thing about the rules about we are not we're not in for the money and we're not playing for the money and we don't die we're not gonna but that but uh what did he say? What uh, else so, did he say? So I've got it here. The Oath of the Idols. We are the Survivor Idols. We are not competing. We do not vote. We cannot win yes. the million-dollar prize. Our job is to mentor you in the game of Survivor and then offer you a chance to test what you've learned. Everything that happens here is intended to make you a better Survivor player. So I think that the key thing there, everything that happens here is intended to make you so... Um, and they're not going to take yeah. the final three away, are they, at the end and go, hey, guys, get some advice and coaching because... I think that's a bit unfair because, I mean, Rob and Sandra could easily like another player better than the other and give them better advice than the other, right? So, yeah, I don't think that would happen. Well, yeah. No, Fiona, I don't. And Sandra had already said, was it somebody was talking and it was Vince and she said, oh, I like him. So, yeah, you can't help. It's just human nature to kind of gravitate to whoever for whatever reason. So, yeah, I don't think that that will happen. I would pretty much say that that will not happen. Gabrielle asks, if Survivor did a Millennials vs. Generation X vs. Baby Boomers season, 
Uh, who would you like to see most represent the baby boomers tribe alongside yourself, of course? Uh, and Gabriel asked, you know, pick four names of other baby boomers that come to your mind to join you. Oh, Lordy. Oh, God. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Baby boomers. Gabrielle, that's a great question. So, so, you know what? The baby boomers, millennial and all that kind of sometimes gets kind of crazy for me. So, Ben, help me break this down. I wish Gabrielle was on the line. We could talk to her. Break it down. What what seasons would that be? Would that be like season one through – I was season oh. three. Would that be like season one through seasons eight? Well, baby boomers – One well, through ten? One through ten? I would assume it's more case on the age, I think, because baby boomers are what kind of lot – like I'm, I'm at least what I've Googled here. Oh, baby oh. boomer is between 1946 and 1964. So anyone born in between that period. So that's what I think she's getting at. Okay. Oh, oh God. Oh, Wow. That oh, I, I shouldn't have said anything because now we've got those dates exposed. I wish we had. I should have kept my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking just, about, Gabrielle? I should have just started T birds and millennial. Right. Come on. I should, yeah, I should have just started naming off names. Nobody'd been the wiser. <laughs> all right, because so right away. All right, so Ben. All right, for whatever reason, this first name just came to me right away. I don't know why. John Carroll. Yes. Check him. Yes. Check his age right now. Check John Carroll's oh, age. Check him out. Check him out. Google him. <laughs> I know he fits that bracket. I hope he doesn't hate me for saying that, but uh, he's definitely in that age, but yes. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? Very sure. Did you look yes. and see? He's um, He okay. would be 49 today, so nearly 50. Wow. Okay. Great, great, great first pick. Now, unfortunately, Gabrielle, unfortunately for Gabrielle, I'm going to give it all an answer on this. Unfortunately for you, Ben, you're going to have to wait a minute. You're going to have to, you're going to have to do a little bit more editing while I'm thinking. <laughs> all right. So John Carroll came right straight to me. Um, oh, how can I, okay. How can I not pick? And I feel like I got to pick two guys and two girls. Cause I don't know why I just feel like it. Well, wait, I'm picking the, four. Am I one of the four? Girls. You're one of the girls. Absolutely. Oh, you're. Not. You're only you're only saying that so you'll only have to come up with three names instead of four. That was exactly. smart, then. That's exactly right, what you I'm know, doing. I can tell you right now. See if you know how well you know me, Ben. You know who I'm coming up with my second guy. You've got to know this. I want to say Ethan. Lex, no Lex, Lex. It's Lex, not Ethan. Nope. It's Lex or Tom. It's Lex or Tom, surely. Nope. Say with your gut. Go with your gut, Boston Rob. Would say go with your gut. Lex. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And I know he's he's in that range, isn't he? Check him out. Is he in that baby boom range? Google him. <laughs> As my husband says, go Google him. I'm loving this research that I'm being predicted here again. This is this is okay. yeah. Oh god. And plus it buys me a little time to come up with this female. Lex is oh, Lex god. is four oh, years god. younger oh. than you, T Bird. Okay. Uh uh hey, easy. Not you don't need to be giving out too much information. <laughs> so here. he's clearly only Does seventeen he fit years the baby old. Boomers category? He, he does. He 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 does fit into that category. Does he fit the category? Yes. Oh God, we got two great guys right there. John Carroll Lex. All right, this is this is tough. I gotta have a female. All right, so I gotta have a female. Oh God, and I'm the I'm the fourth one, right? I'm the fourth you are one. you are okay. number four. Yes. So the third one. The third one. Okay, okay. Let me just think in my head. Okay, season one. Okay, somebody just came to mind, but let me. God, I, I hate. To, to leave out really good people, which I know I'm going to be doing, but but Gabrielle, you only gave me you only gave me three. Well, you gave me four, but Ben's cut me out one, so I got one more. Um, 
you know how I'm going to say? Okay, gonna I, say? and you're going to guess this. Um, God, there's two. There's two. And you're going to help me. You're going to help me narrow it down for Gabrielle. Season one. Yep. Season one. Female from season one. Tough, oh. likable. Should have gone a lot further. A lot of people thought she'd win. Uh, Jenna? Colleen? Gretchen. 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 As Boston Rob would say, go with your gut. What's your final answer? My final answer is Gretchen. Absolutely. Good answers. Gretchen. I'm liking these answers. They would be very solid picks. Well, that's... Yeah. John John Carroll, Lex Vandenberg, and Gretchen Cordy. Perfect. I'm liking um, that. Yeah. They all, absolutely. I, I, Gabrielle, that was a fantastic question. I'm so proud of myself right now. Now, what's we finish this uh, our chat bit I'm gonna hang up on the game oh my gosh what about blah what about oh I should have picked them this is, but I'm, these are good solid solid tweet them very, very solid and guess what else very very likable players by the way yeah absolutely and I, I, so, I think right. no I no that, survivor Gabrielle. fan would argue with those choices I think they are they are great ones thanks Gabrielle uh, Margaret Smith here's an interesting one this is something hey, I hey, don't uh oh what's happened you thought of someone else you thought of a winner's pick Ben, no, 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 Ben. I, I've got do, Google, Google Gretchen to make sure we're right in the right time frame. She, she, yeah, Gretchen you, Cordy. It is. I looked at it two seconds ago, and she was uh, thirty-eight during Borneo from memory. Yeah, so she would be. Yep, she's in that age range. So f- four years younger than you, T Bird. I'm just putting your age out there again. Sorry. Um, <laughs> she's going to yell so, at me after this ben, and tell me to edit all these age lines. <laughs> No, no. Let's quickly move to the next one before we spend any more time on that. Okay, go. I, I really like this question because this is something that I don't even not aware about you at all. Uh, Margaret Smith says, according to your Survivor wiki page, you appeared on the CBS game show called Card Sharks in 1987. Can you explain what that experience was like and what is this game show? Oh, gosh. So, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, it was. A, I think you just said it was a CBS game show. See, I was. I've been CBS long before I've been CBS. So, <laughs> yes, it was with it was with Eubanks. Do you remember Bob Eubanks? I know everybody remembers the Newlywed Game. I know it's a. I mean, it was even before me, but it was such a popular, cute show with Bob Eubanks. If you don't know the show, Google it and look at some of the clips because it was, was really a very very fun, cute little show they had. Uh, the new little game with Bob Eubanks. Well, Bob Eubanks is the one that did was the host of Card Sharks. So, I just I was actually watching it one day. I actually I, okay. The story is well, I'm a flight attendant. I had foot surgery, so I was off literally off my my feet for you know a month or so. So I ended up during daytime television watching a little game show called Card Sharks, and it's where you answers how many people out of a hundred you know how many people out of a hundred wear flip-flops in the winter i'm making it up ben i don't know (laughs) so there's whatever the answer is of those hundred people and then you guess how many people and the other person you're playing against guesses is it higher or lower and i thought to myself unlike a show like jeopardy that wouldn't work for me i thought shoot i just have to know either higher or lower i got a 50 50 shot so i 
ended up doing it. I made, I think I was on there like for four days, Ben. I got so lucky and let's face it, it was pure luck. But I ended up winning quite a bit of money picking a 50-50 higher or lower in cards. Wow. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I got so lucky. Unlike our poker, um, our professional <laughs> poker player Ronnie did. Yeah. It was totally beginner's luck for me. I do you do you have this? Back into the conversation. Did you record this on VHS back in the day? Do you have a copy of this? You know what? I probably do back somewhere. It's so funny, Ben, because I have all these tapes of of that and of all the Survivor. CBS sent us all the Survivor tapes. Do you know I've never looked back at any of them? But somebody posted. Somebody posted posted it the other day somewhere because my husband actually I'm like baby you gotta come see this and so I played like it was you know whatever however long I could take it which wasn't that long so I played it uh for him one of these it was a 30 minute show so yeah it was way back in the day long time ago I um, so anyway it was awesome it. it was awesome yes I have Googled it. I've seen a screenshot. Google it. I um, yeah, yeah, Google so there is a screenshot of you on there. So I'll have to share that on our page. But um, that's crazy. You, you, I'm not, and I'm not just saying this to suck up to you. I, I swear I am not saying this to suck up to you. This screenshot, like, you haven't aged a day today, Tiba. You look incredible today if this is what you looked like back in 1987. So you, you've, you're eating the right fruit. You're doing the right workouts. You, you're doing the right things. Ben, it's farm living. You know, you've been down here. <laughs> I have. I it's have. farm living. It's out, of, it's, out, it's out fishing. It's just being outside. You know that. It's fresh uh, air. Uh, Good old farm living, fresh air. While we're on the uh, subject of age, I'll, I'll just slightly mention this as well, that um, the year that you were on the CBS show game Card Sharks was the year that I was born. So just sorry. Just had to mention that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> okay. I well, think she's about to hang up took on a beautiful comp- You took a beautiful compliment and it just fell apart really quickly there. No, I'm teasing. I'm it just teasing. Did. Um, Margaret, thank you for bringing that up. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you, Margaret, for bringing that up. Thank you, thank you, thank question. you. That was so fun. Um, going through some of the other questions here quickly. Um, where are we here? Uh, T-Bird, if you played on... This is from Chloe. Uh, T-Bird, if you played on a Survivor season with a pairing that isn't blood versus water, but another player from your own season that was your rival slash nemesis, who would it be and why? You don't have rivals, do you? You're too nice to have people against you. Well, Chloe, Chloe, I'm... I'm going to let Ben answer this right off the bat because he already absolutely 1,000 million trillion percent knows the answer to this. Clarence, surely. You know the answer. No. Who was the one? I, who was my? Who oh, was my kryptonite? Who was the one I was trying to get out to the whole time? I'm really I mean, bad at if this. We aren't start, I? If we had been on the same tribe. <laughs> no, but you know. I'm the closest, I think, with Rob and Big uh, Rob, with um, Lex and Big Tom, but probably with both of them, very, very, very close with them still all these years later. But Lex was the Kim. one that you're either working with him. Lex, Kim, everyone. No. <laughs> I'm just going to shut what? up. Let, let T Bird talk, what? Ben. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, Ben, since I hadn't been able to say a word the whole time, right? <laughs> that was, sorry. Ben, that was sorry. a joke. That was a joke too. I've changed ben, since you've been I mean, on last. Lex TV. was one of those. <laughs> Lex was would definitely be who I would God love to pick to go back and play with with my three three that um to go back and play with the millennials, da 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 da. Baby boomers, whatever category I was in. So yeah, Lex was the one that I knew in order for me to get as close to the front as I could, Lex had to be gone. So Lex was is all they always the one. Oh God, definitely Lex, definitely Lex. Chloe, like, definitely one hundred percent Lex. I feel like if I was any form of professional podcast host, I'd go back and edit everything that I just said out and then just go when you say, Ben, who do you think? I would have just gone, Lex. And you would have gone, Ben, you're right. And then we would have been fantastic. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> would have worked out really well. So. Wow, my impersonations sure, this episode are really failing, aren't they? Uh, thanks, Chloe. Um, let's. You see did a here. great Boston Rob accent, Ben. You did a great Boston Rob accent. I'm really. the one on this show I'm that not sucks just up, T Bird. I'm only the one that sucks up. You don't need to say that. Uh, June, no, you asks... didn't get... I wouldn't. All right, go ahead. June asks, go "Have ahead. you had June, any?" What you... Any encounters with former Survivor players on any of your flights? Yes, you players, players, not fans, mm. but players. Fans, absolutely yes. Fans, absolutely yes. But I had one. Uh, I had Sharia from China. Nice. Sharia from China, and I had met her, which is the weirdest thing. I had worked. I had met her at the premiere of at Davy's premiere, um, David versus, versus Goliath. Mm-hmm. So I met Sharia, and I met Bryce, and I met Wendell at Davy's premiere and then not less than a month later I had her coming I want to say we were coming flight New York back to Atlanta and if I had just met her like I said a month prior so it was like we'd known each other forever so it was great yes so Sharia from China fantastic I like Sharia Sharia is a great person yes. um yeah China yes, what a she great is. season fantastic season thanks for that question Chloe uh Layla asks no that was no ben ben wait ben that wasn't chloe that was june that asked that question thanks june thank you june uh (laughs) we've got we've got the professional podcast host on the other line i'm just the 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 person who's reading things wrong uh layla i remember your name now layla do you think richard and tina should have been mentors if neither were going to be on season 40 than rob and sandra tina had a better track record than rob and sandra she has experienced everything as a winner first boot and jury member this would have been a better segue into an all winners season and we'd get to see these players again that's layla that's well Yes. Let me say this. I don't know how to say this exactly, but but even if they'd had, maybe since Layla brought that question up, maybe even for S39 mentors, they would have had maybe four, Sandra, Rob, Richard, and Tina, which I think are, are iconic players too, because, you know, the, the good thing with about Tina, like Sandra, like I've heard people say about Sandra, which is funny, uh, remember what Elaine kept saying what Elaine kept saying during um, the show, like a lot of times she said, I'll do anything. I'll do anything as long as it's not me. I'm like, Hey, she's already been coached by Sandra. She's saying exactly what Sandra always said, where somebody like that was kind of Sandra's strategy. Wasn't it? Anybody Mm. but me. That yeah. Her very famous strategy. As long as it's not me. That's, that's her strategy. All right. That was her strategy. Where, where 
Tina, I think, had a lot, you know, a lot, probably a lot she could bring to the table as a mentor also. Um, and Richard is, oh, yeah, actually, I think having, maybe if they've even had four mentors, four captains. Did they do that before? Were they captains? I thought they did. Um, they did have captains before. Kind of, yeah. They they did kind they? of. Um, oh yes, Stephanie. Yeah. Stephanie, Stephanie and Bobby John. Yeah, I. Steph- I yeah, but played. I also feel they, they had. Um, what was it? Was it Kagayan where they straight away had like a leader person that had to make decisions for them on the three tribe because that was Brains Braun's beauty. They initially straight away were given like the the leadership role, like a captain role, like not necessarily a returning player, but. Um, yeah, no, no, you're right with the Bobby John and Stephanie one. They were sort of brought in. That was the first time they'd ever mixed returning players with with new players. But um, that captain idea is interesting, I think, because, um, you know, I mean, we saw that with Edge of Extinction kind of having these four players come back into it. But I think it would be interesting. I'm, I'm an advocate to bring back a four-tribe season. It's been a very long time since, what, well, Cook Islands has had a four-tribe season. But, yeah, like, if you're going to do something like that, like, why not bring in people like that? Because... You know, they they tried it for a while, didn't they? You had Bobby, John, Stephanie. Then, obviously, you had Russell and Rob and Redemption Island. You had Coach and um, Aussie. And then, even on Philippines, when you had Scoop and Penner and uh, Russell Swan. So, yeah. It'd be an interesting twist. Yeah, it would be. It, but you know what? And we're not talking about Season 40 because I already started that at the beginning of the podcast. We had to redirect me back to Season 39. <laughs> <laughs> so we won't even go to season forty. Except I just want to say this very quickly. I don't know that I don't know that San, uh, that uh, Tina and Richard are on season forty. Now they're I'm not. not privy to who's on season forty. They're not, not going to tell not. me anything. Mm. But I, that, uh, uh, see, oh, oh, I don't know how you can. Okay, well, all right. That's, so a, that's a debate we've been questioning in a long time, why the hell they're not out there. But, um, yeah, anyway. Um, let's see here. Okay. Uh, R- Richard asked a question. Uh, T-Bird, what was it like Rich- meeting – meeting? Yeah, I'll remember Rich- this one. <laughs> uh, what was it like meeting Johnny Fairplay this summer? I saw a video online of you fishing with him, Lex, and Matt. Oh, God, it was great. So, okay, remember, once again – I was a fan before I was a player. So even if you play, you're, you know, you still can't help but be, you know, but, but be a fangirl. And Johnny was one of those, see, in my eyes, one of the greatest moments, if not the greatest moment, was Johnny Fairplay's grandma. I still think that is like the most iconic move ever. Um, so again, it was really, really exciting to meet him. And of course, his reputation precedes him, but he is a sweetheart. He had his Two daughters there who are so gorgeous and beautiful. He's a great dad. He was super, very. It, it, what I'm, I told him, I would not tell anybody this, but since it's just you and me talking, Ben, he's got the biggest heart. He he'll do things. He'll do something or do things for anybody. Um, it, he's really got a really big heart. He's a cool guy. It was great to meet him. Fantastic. I like hearing that, and um, it always it. It makes me and any Survivor fan happy whenever we see uh, you guys hanging out, particularly from the older seasons. I think it's great to kind of still have these connections all these years later, and it, it always makes me very happy to uh, to see that years later, you, you know, they that you're all still just friends and fishing and hanging out and all this sort of stuff. So it gives us a smile, T-Bird. So thank you. Thank you very much. 
Oh, but you know what, we, Ben, it's such a, well, you're in it with it too. I mean, look, I know you and we've been pulled together because of the survivor family and the, the people that I've met from not just the players, but the fans and just everybody. It's, it's really been wonderful. It's, it's a big part, you know, of my life. And was such a life changing experience and to still be enjoying like talking to you 20 years later and still talking about the game that I love so much is, it's been a blessing. Yeah, and I, I I can't back that up enough and I agree with you more more than anything. I mean, it's kind of I I did a interview recently with um a, a great website called Another Fucking Survivor site. Pardon my language, sorry T Bird. Um and sort of the the question was asked about my experiences and everything with the show and yeah, I mean ten years ago I could have never imagined that I would have done what I had done in the last decade with Survivor contestants. State people's houses have this have you guys come to my wedding and things like that? So it's um, it's insane. This this show is incredible that it's created so many uh, great moments and memories and relationships for for you, for me, for everyone who's been involved in it. Yeah, it's uh, Richard. That was a great question. Thank you for asking about Johnny. Fair play. Uh, but yeah, Ben. And again, it's it's not just the camaraderie, but between the players. Like I said, it's just just I hate to. A fan, like I said, I'm a fan too. But meeting the the people that you know that are played that ha- that want to play that just are just spectators, and it's been really cool, exactly. very awesome. And you know, I respect everybody's opinions, all the different opinions on how the game, you know, how it's changed or how they like how it's changed or not. Like you know, I respect and loved every hearing different opinions on it because everybody's got a different angle on what they think. Just kind of like you said about, you know, different people thinking they'd like to see a different location than Fiji or different mm-hmm. this or different. It, it, they keep changing it up, and that's what they've got to do to keep it fresh, even though I know at times a lot of people will say just take it back to the way it, you know, take it back to old school. But you got to keep things mixed up. you got to keep it, keep it fresh. Exactly, and that's the thing, like – you know, traditionalists like ourselves, we loved it back in the day. We were there when this show was the biggest thing on television and we kind of remember that. But, you know, yeah, there are definitely things about this show that I'm not happy with the direction they've taken, but you summed it up exactly right. They've got to adapt. They've got to change. This show's been on air for 20 years. What other shows can last that long uh, and be still uh, successful? I mean, this show still rates regularly. It's still talked about. There is still a large fan base for this show. Uh, CBS aren't dummies. They're not going to continue with a show that no one gives a shit about anymore. So they have to adapt. Television changes. Reality TV changes. Sure, it might not be the same as what it used to be, but again, I'm still happy that it's on the air and we can sit here and talking about it. Whether or not it's the same product I liked 20 years ago, it's still Survivor and I'm still always going to love Survivor no matter what it gives me. Yeah. I mean, it is still on the air all it these is. 20 years later. They're doing something right. Exactly. 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 T-Bird, doing something right. we are doing something right by getting you on this show all the time. And I know half the airtime tonight was taken up with you coming up with the winner's pick. So uh, that was great. But uh, it's always a pleasure <laughs> to have you on this show. It's been obviously a couple of years, I think, since we sort of really covered this. But uh, you're welcome anytime. I don't even need to say come back again because you'll do it because you're awesome. And uh, I always appreciate getting you on this show and uh, chatting Survivor with you. So thank you very much for your time today. Ben, thank you so much for having me. I know we're going to have a play, great season play out. It's going to be fun. So gets us through the fall, gets us um, up to the holidays. So it'll be fun. 
and a fantastic chit. I feel like sounding like the people in the country that I live in. Uh, there with Teresa and T-Bird and, well, the same person. But you know what I mean? It's a fantastic chat to hear her thoughts and her insight and always great to have her on the show. So thank you very much for your time, T-Bird, as always. And we'll be back next week for another recap. Uh, who is it going to be with? I don't even know. We'll find out during the week and we'll let you know so you can send in your listener questions. Uh, if you have any other comments or questions or anything else you want to get to us, you can hit us up on the social media pages. Just search for the Oz Network. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everything else beyond that. Uh, email as well, theoznetwork.net. That's the website. You can go there as well. And as we continue on with our coverage of Survivor Island of the Adults, it's very, very exciting because it's exciting to be covering this each week once more. Until we next week again on our Survivor coverage, my name is Ben. Thanks for tuning in to the Oz Network and we'll speak to you next time. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.